0: This morning I got something a little different than planned, <laughs> which I don't do often, but um, yeah, I got some, a special. Uh, me- well, I don't know if it's special. Uh, we're doing a message, though, to kind of like what God has laid on my heart for this new year, and um, I think I got a word for you in it. Um, so let me pray, and we'll just jump right into it. God, thank you for this morning, this opportunity we have to step away from all the distractions of life, the busyness, all the hard things to focus on you. I pray that's what you'd help us do this morning. I uh, pray that you'd remove me from the equation and that your spirit would just move in this place in our hearts to show us more of who you are, more what, more of what you have for us. Help us to be open to that attentive to that. So we need you. We need you. So speak to us this morning. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. So what we had planned for today was to jump back into the last part of our guide rail series, but we're not doing that today. Um, the, The title of the message is Come Dine. Come Dine. What... So what happened is as I was preparing uh, a different message for this week, I have also uh, try to spend time in the Word not preparing just for me and to talk to God just for me without you involved in any of that equation. That's an important space for me that I sometimes have to protect so that my own spiritual journey um, and my own walk with Jesus doesn't become a job like Every pastor needs pastors, and every pastor needs time with God that does not include you. (laughs) And uh, so I was doing that this week, and I I was reading a passage. It's one of my favorite passages uh, for a whole ton of reasons. And um, I was just kind of reflecting and preparing my own heart, uh, reflecting on last year and preparing my own heart for this um, next year. And as I was doing that, God really laid something on me think for me, but also to share with you. As I was praying about this passage that's found in John chapter 21, I'm like, are you sure you want me to preach about this, God? Because I, I think I preached on the same passage in April in our Rise Up series, and I know you all take such incredible notes. You remember that message perfectly. Um, so as I was working on this message, I was like, I better go back and watch that and see So I went back and I watched the message. It was actually called Rise Up Out of the Comfortable. And it was terrible. So (laughs) it's a terrible message on the whole beginning of this. you with me this morning? Like nobody's got like two chuckles. Um, And and it was on something completely different than what we're talking about today. Um, So you can feel free to take new notes this morning. I want to read to you part of the passage in John chapter 21 that I want to focus on. And um, I believe that God has something for me and something for you in here that also is great as we transition out of this year and into next. Something to focus on. Come dine. Come dine. If you have your Bibles, flip to John 21 or your phones. You want to follow along, you flip to John 21. I like to scribble in my Bible and take notes right in it. Uh, If you're into that too, um, feel free to do that. It says this in John chapter 21 and verse 10. Jesus said to them, Bring some of the fish you have just caught. Bring some of the fish that you have just caught. Now just to give you a little bit of context for this passage because context is extremely important when you're walking through and looking at and learning from scripture. Uh, the context is Jesus has risen from the dead. He had appeared to the disciples a few times. The disciples were expectantly expectantly waiting for what's next. They're in one of these moments where they're probably reflecting a bit on all they had been through. They had been following Jesus. They were close to Jesus. They were on this roller coaster of emotion as they experienced this incredible uh, crowds coming to Jesus and then the incredible disappointment and confusion at Jesus' death and then the incredible hope as they realized that Jesus was risen from the dead and they have settled back into what is comfortable for them. They're Fishing. Many of them were fishermen by trade and you imagine them just sitting out on this big body of water back to what they know, fishing, but expectant and wondering and searching for what's next. Jesus, in this incredibly, uh, it's not deja vu, but it's had to feel a lot like it here in this moment where Jesus had appeared on the beach and that they had been out getting skunked in their fishing His boat not far from shore. Jesus calls out to them, "Throw your nets on the other side." He had done that to them before, and they had pulled up so many fish it almost sunk the boats. they had to get help to pull all those fish in before. remember and Jesus said, "You think that's incredible. I'm going to make you fishers of men uh, confusing but very exciting and had started this whole journey off. And here he tells them the same things. Friends, try the other side of the boat. Imagine like the anticipation, the memories, the joy that came from this moment as they threw the nets in the other side of the boat and pulled up a large haul of fish. One of the disciples says to Peter, hey, it's the Lord. And as soon as Peter hears that, he jumps off the boat and swims into shore. This is the moment where they all land, and Jesus says, bring some of the fish you have just caught. I find places in life that are rather good places of anticipation. You ever? Do you have spaces like that in your life where you just are anticipating something new? This day traditionally is a day that we celebrate and a night that we celebrate as a Clocks and the calendars turn to a new year where we look with great anticipation for what's next. We take stock of what was. We do a little self-evaluation. We start to anticipate what we hope will be different for next year. Have you started that whole thing? We write things down. We resolve to do things differently this next year. For me, there's different kinds of spaces in life that I find myself kind of reflecting and anticipating something new, something better. Just special kinds of places. Riding a Harley is one of those places. On a beach early in the morning it's one of those places. Now you know me, I'm an 11 o'clocker at heart, right? I'm, a, I'm an 11 o'clock type person. I don't like to wake up early. I don't feel the need to see a sunrise because I saw one already. And Yeah, they have pretty colors, but the colors are pretty much the same all the time. You see one you've probably seen most. But my wife loves mornings and walks on the beach and sunrises. So hopefully most of the time, not begrudgingly, I find myself on beaches while the sun is rising too. As much as I hate getting up, as much as I hate uh, that early morning, uh, I do find that there's something about being on a beach in the morning that just has this air of like newness and anticipation. Maybe it doesn't work that way for you. Maybe you don't like sand or all the crevices sand can find. But for me, a beach early in the morning, it has the anticipation of something new in this The the gulls calling and the sun coming up and the waves crashing and the bigness of the ocean. It's always a place where I anticipate something new. And here the disciples are in a space very similar, expectant, anticipating, waiting for what's next. Jesus said to them, bring some of the fish. You have just caught. So Simon Peter climbed back into the boat and dragged the net. Sure, did you catch that? Jesus said, bring some, and Peter brought all. Jesus said, grab enough fish for breakfast, essentially. Peter brought the entire catch. Now, in case you are, like, wondering about this, I spent some time imagining this while I was reading it in my own personal time with God this week and it's I was imagining the fish and I was like I I didn't have my Bible in front of me as I was imagining I'm like well maybe they were small fish I know there's a lot of them it says 153 because all fishermen always have to have a count right like 153 fish but it actually says in here that they were large fish it was full of large fish 153 But even with so many, the net was not torn. Isn't it interesting that the author of this passage decided to, under inspiration of the Holy Spirit, include that the net probably should have been torn with one guy dragging it Onto the beach with 153 fish in it, more fish than Jesus had asked for, more fish than Jesus had required. It should have torn, but it didn't torn. This minor miracle here is noted in this passage. Jesus said to them, Come and have breakfast. None of the disciples dared ask him, Who are you? They knew it was the Lord. Jesus came and he took the bread and he gave it to them and did the same with the fish. This was now the third time Jesus appeared to his disciples after he was raised from the dead. Do you have a picture of this moment? This moment in time. The disciples having been through so much sliding back into what was comfortable, but anticipating what might be next for them. Here they are, they're searching for what's next when Jesus has this incredible interruption for them. It's an interruption I needed this week, and maybe it's an interruption you need as you take stock of all that was And plan for all that you hope will be. Sometimes interruptions in our planning, in our scheming, in our resolving, in our doing, in our acting. Sometimes interruptions are maybe not welcome, but are very much needed. I hope that this is an interruption to your maybe plan that you might need too. Jesus says, bring some. Bring some. And Peter drags all. As I was reading that, I was struck with how often I drag more than is asked or more than is required around with me. What have you been dragging into this new year? I find myself dragging in the expectations of others. People that don't really know me, don't really care about me, yet somehow I'm attached to their expectations of me and I don't want to disappoint them and here I am dragging that around. Maybe you're dragging around shame from some past mistakes or failures from your past that you just can't seem to let go of. You're dragging around guilt from some sin that you have been Also dragging around with you and unable to let go of or unwilling to let go of. Maybe you're dragging around your fair share of trauma from some pretty hard experiences that you have been through. Maybe you're dragging around hurt from broken relationships or painful experiences. Maybe you're dragging around quite a bit of worry about your health or your finances or your future. This time of year is a good time to take stock of everything. It is a good time of year to be intentional. I love being intentional. I try to be more intentional. It's a good time to take stock of what was, what you've been through, to think about where you're going, what God might have for you next. But what is not necessary is to drag around things that he would not have you drag around. What are you dragging into this new year that maybe you need to instead give to God and let go of a little bit? Bring some, but Peter drugged too much. And what I'm learning through this passage and what I'm learning about this new year is to be thankful for unbroken nets. So I'm unhealthily committed to dragging around too much in life. You could lecture me all you, till the night, till the, you could tell me over again to stop caring about what everybody thinks about me. But guess what I'm going to do tomorrow? I'm probably going to care too much about what everybody thinks about me. You could lecture me all you want about how I should not worry about what tomorrow has because today has enough worries in itself. And you would be right because that is straight up biblical. But guess what I'm probably going to do Tomorrow worry about the next day. (laughs) I know this is a problem for me, but I keep dragging around more stuff than I should be dragging around. And what's interesting to me about this passage is that John, the author, under inspiration of the Holy Spirit, notes that the nets didn't break, and they probably should. I'm not saying it's a full-blown Christmas miracle, But I am saying it's a small miracle in itself. And what I'm learning as a person is to start being grateful for the little miracles too. I want to go into 2024. And I want to leave this last year grateful for the nets that are broken. Maybe there's some things that should have broken that didn't this year. You've been through it. The depression was thick, the relationships blew up, but you made it. God got you here. And it was messy, and it hurt, but you can thank God for the unbroken nets. Maybe that relationship, it got through by the skin of your teeth. Teeth don't have skin. I don't know where that saying comes from. (laughs) You barely made it, but you made it. Your kid barely made it, but they made it. You had to fight tooth and nail with your struggle or your addiction, but here you sit in church on a Sunday morning. I'm learning that I need to be grateful the blessings and the unbroken nets and focus less on the burden it was a burden make no mistake about it this blessing that the disciples got to experience 153 fish is a lot of fun when you're a fisherman it's also a lot to carry it's also a lot to clean Every blessing you have has some sort of burden, and what we have to do is not focus on the burden, instead focus on the blessing. Even Jesus said, come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you, do you know what he says? I will give you rest, and then it continues, and it says, for my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. It's light, but it's still there. What are you going to focus on? To help me focus on being thankful for the unbroken nets, to help me focus on the blessings God has given me, I have to be intentional about practicing gratitude for what God has brought me through, what he is doing in me, where he's going to take me. Have you noticed that when you're thankful and practicing gratitude, there's a lot less room for all the other negative junk? You don't see grateful people driving around yelling at others in traffic. There's less room. I do that, but when I'm doing that, I'm not being grateful. I'm just being a jerk, right? Like, so when you're practicing being grateful, you don't have room for all the negative stuff. When I'm really practicing being grateful, I don't have room for my anxiety. I don't have room for my worry. When I'm really practicing being grateful, I don't have room for all the anger. And so I want to I step into this next chapter, being grateful. There's an old hymn. My old man, when he was preaching, we used to sing these, which was interesting because he's a terrible singer. And I'm not even going to attempt, but if you... Ever spent some time in church back in the day? Maybe you've heard the words, count your blessings. Name them one by one. Count your blessings and see what God has done. While it's not a very trendy song, it's true. There's a lot of good in that. Practice pausing. And practice gratitude. For the blessings and for the unbroken nets. I have this prayer that I, it's kind of a, it's been a secret until 9.30 this morning, <laughs> uh, but my dad had a prayer that he prayed for his boys consistently every day, and and uh, while my kids were young, I didn't do this, but as I learned from my dad about um, how to parent, because he's a great parent, uh, I started to decide, okay, so maybe I want to do that for my kids and for my family. So I, I started praying it now. Um, you think I'm long-winded. You should have heard him, like, he would pray before meals and we would just start eating because we couldn't take it anymore. Right? <laughs> Dad, church was an hour ago. They're not here. There's no, there's no congregation here to judge you. You can just say, thanks for the food, amen. <laughs> Fathers, don't burden your kids with long prayers before meals. But he had this prayer, and so I started praying this, like, simple. God, would you protect and bless them? I pray it over and over again. I want to say every day. I'll just say most days so I don't accidentally lie from up here. God, would you bless and protect them? And then I felt really convicted because I would keep praying that over and over again without acknowledging the many, many ways that he had protected them and blessed them. I'm going to keep praying it, but I'm going to acknowledge how he has shown up for me because that fills my heart with gratitude, helps me see his great love for me played out in real time. You want to step into this next year, step into it with gratitude for the blessings God's given you and for the unbroken nets. It may have been messy. You may be dragging too much, but you are still Here. And then this part. It says, Come have breakfast with me. The old school folk who rock the old school King James Bibles with all the these and thous. If you look up that passage in one of those translations, it says it a little bit shorter. I thought it was interesting, and that's where I pulled the title for this message from. In In that version, it doesn't say come have breakfast with me, it says come dine. With me. This struck me. It caught me off guard when I was reading this. I love how you can read a passage a hundred times, and on the hundred and first time, you catch something that you just didn't catch before. It's never changing, but it is alive and sharper than a two edged sword. And we're changing. God constantly is bringing new truth and, to us and helping us see things that maybe we missed before. And this one I had missed. Come have breakfast. You see, in this space where these people were anticipating what's next, they were waiting for what's next, they were hopeful that what was next was better than what was. In this space where these people are hopeful and expecting and anticipating, the call was not to come and do something, Come and resolve to be better. Come and make some changes so you don't have to walk through the same mess you walked through last year. You see, There's nothing wrong with the call to come follow Jesus. It's a good call. I try to do it all the time. But sometimes in my desire to come and follow Jesus, I miss the invitation to just come and sit with him. To dime. We're more comfortable doing this stuff. Being somebody. Tell me what to fix. Tell me what to change. Tell me how to change it. And God's like, whoa, bro. Let's pump the brakes a little bit. Don't miss me. How about you just come sit around this fire? Let me cook you some breakfast. This is such a beautiful moment, and it's an invitation for you. Take stock of all that God has done and the unbroken nets. But before you rush into trying to change everything, before you're going to fix it all, before you have a bunch of stuff to do to be more spiritual, more connected, better, Before all that, come dine. There's something really beautiful about this moment. It's a beautiful invitation. And it's so simple. It's an invitation for the busy. And it's an invitation for the worn out. It's an invitation for the overloaded. It's an invitation for the apathetic. It's an invitation for the hyper-achiever. And it's an invitation for the epic failure. Failure. It's an invitation for all of us. And what I find is no matter what space I in in am in my life, no matter how I'm feeling in my life, it's an invitation that I have to accept. Before, come follow. Come sit. I uh, love this passage, and I'll tell you something else about it. Um, It's probably why I read it so often, but um, when I'm really worn out and exhausted, when I'm hurt, when I feel a little bit lost, when the struggle has been particularly heavy, what I do is I often close my eyes, and it's not scriptural, it's just me, right, like I'll close my eyes and I'll imagine this beach scene, this scene from John 21. I imagine the fire. I imagine the fog coming off the water. I imagine the seagulls. I imagine the disciples sitting around it. And I imagine sitting right there at the fire in the presence of Jesus. He's not saying a whole lot but I feel a whole lot better when I picture that it's not something that we just have to picture it's something that we can experience it's an open invitation come slow down take a breath Sit here and eat what I have provided for you. Come dine. I love it so much because it's so real. Just doing life on the beach. It's a picture of his friendship. Meals were significant in that day and age and that culture. They had great meaning and to sit down and share a meal with somebody was a sign that you were their friend. That's why the Pharisees and the religious leaders called Jesus a friend of sinners. They called him a friend of sinners because he spent time with them and ate meals with them, often at their house. It was a sign of friendship. And it's something you enjoy. I know fish isn't the best breakfast food. But can you imagine how much joy the disciples felt as they sat around in this sacred moment? And you need these kind of sacred moments. They had that sense of the sacred. They, They didn't want to say it. They knew it was Jesus, but it was resurrected Jesus who looked different than the Jesus who went to the cross. It was perfect, and here he is sitting, and they didn't want to say anything. They almost get this feeling like they don't want to ruin the moment. It's like this holy wow kind of deal. Do you have those? Not like holy cow, like holy wow Kind of meals. Those are the spaces where God is doing stuff, and you just don't want to mess it up. And, and those are spaces you have to protect, and those are spaces you have to commit to. And maybe that's the challenge for you in this new year is to commit to those sacred spaces. Maybe this is one of those spaces for you. Maybe your groups are one of those spaces for you. you got to protect those kind of spaces. You are a spiritual being. Your soul is the most important part of you. And here they are in that space, so real, such friendship, and oh, the joy they must have felt just sitting and eating with him. So I want to step into 2024, this new year, hope you will too, practicing gratitude for the blessings and the unbroken nets I want to step into it and learn the art of just being still with Jesus no agenda no expectations no checklist no rush no busyness because being with him is far more important than anything I can do for him and then I just want to learn how to walk in grace. Because I'm still going to mess plenty of stuff up. The end of this story, I wonder how long they lingered at breakfast. I sure hope they lingered quite a while. It must have been such a beautiful moment. At the end of it, Jesus, he gets up. And I've preached about this many times. And I'm not going to get deep into it today just to say this. The last time Peter had been with, around Jesus, he had denied him. I love that Peter didn't let that get in the way. His failures were not an obstacle for him. He dove towards the beach. He was maybe not sure what Jesus would say, but he wanted to be close to him. After they had eaten breakfast and they all had shared the space, Jesus and Peter went on a walk and had this really beautiful conversation that we do not have time to get into today except to say this. That what Jesus was dispensing to Peter was exactly what he needed. And what he needed was grace. His forgiveness. His favor, his pardon. All unmerited, undeserved by Peter. Who would mess it all up over and over and over again. But it was grace for the journey. Love that this picture ends with that walk. I'm going to practice gratitude. I'm going to learn how to dine with Jesus. I'm going to walk into this next year knowing that Jesus has grace for me. For when I mess it up, for when I fail, for when I make mistakes, for when I hurt people I care about. He just keeps meeting me right where I am with grace and a call to something better. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for this amazing breakfast scene. The longer I walk with you, the more I find how desperate I am for that fire, that beach, that fellowship, I confess that I am too fast to just try to do stuff, try to fix it, resolve, commit, be better. And I miss that what I really need is to just be with you. I thank you that you gave us this gift, this invitation Just dine with you and to take in all that you have for us would you help us practice that protect those spaces in our life commit to that before all the other stuff we want to run off and do help us to slow down just let you the designer of our souls care for our souls and help us to practice gratitude for the blessings And for the unbroken nets, we ask all this in Jesus' name.